As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Happy New Year! Did I pronounce that right? Happy New Year! Happy New Year, guys! Happy New Decade, right? 2020 is here. 2019 is gone, man. It's just a part of our memory now. And the online documentation that we have, or or any type of documentation that we have, 2019 in the past, time is something, isn't it? We've talked about it before. Time is the one thing you cannot control. None of us can control time. Uh, The richest people out there do not invest in money, they invest in time, right? Because time is a variable you cannot manipulate. You only manipulate how you utilize your time. You only manipulate how you cut your deck up of time and allocate your energy and efforts and how you choose to spend or waste your time. So. I hope that everyone is uh, enjoying the new year. It's always nice to get off to a good start if possible. Uh, Get a little bit of momentum going into the new year is always fun. Did you guys do anything fun? Did you guys enjoy yourselves? Because I didn't. Uh, I had a great time, but I didn't do anything. And that's why I had a great time. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm 33 years old now. Oh, by the way, welcome to the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast. That's usually what I say. Just so you guys know what you just listened to, I uh, wouldn't want you having accidentally tuned into the wrong podcast. But if you're here, it was probably meant to be, even if you didn't intend it, right? It's like uh, when you stumble into a lecture hall by accident, you're like, what professor is this? What class is this? Uh, well, I may as well say because there's a cute girl sitting up front and... Uh, I'm going to pretend I'm in this class so that I could maybe get her phone number and ask her if she'd like to study sometime. And then after the fourth study session, tell her, you know what, I'm actually not in that class, but I was wondering if you'd like to grab a drink. Anyway, I don't know if that metaphor applies to you in any way, but I am excited that you're tuned in, that we are here in the new year. I was talking about what I did. Once again, I didn't do anything. I stayed in my apartment. I live here in New York. I I came back. I was home for the holidays in Missouri. I came back on the 29th. I was here in New York. Uh, I was here with my roommate, Jessica, my uh, friend, uh, companion, ex-girlfriend who lives with me and who still wants to play with my penis. So, oh, and she's not... I didn't know you were home. Before you see me, before you see me, I'm a little over tanned. Oh, you're over tanned? Ready? Look how tanned I am! Oh my goodness, what happened? (laughs) Look at my hands! Is that from. Look at my hands! Oh wow, what is all that stuff? Where did you get all that fake tanning? (laughs) You bought it for me, remember? Oh, that's the stuff I bought for you yesterday? I over. 
I did fake, I did self-tan last night, and I forgot to wash my hands, and I look like a burn victim. My oh. hands look like I'm a burn victim. Why did you, you were cuddling, you were like touching me last night, I didn't know you had like you know, tan stuff all over I was over supposed you. to wash my hands after, and then I put more on my face this morning, and then I looked in the mirror, and I look like I'm Jamaican. <laughs> like, I'm hey, way too tan. Wow. I look Jamaican. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, uh, why don't you start using a Jamaican accent? Uh, You're so I... funny, man. All right. Uh, hey, guys, this is Jessica. Welcome to the I podcast. I just got home. I, I just, didn't even know I you wanted, were here. That's I crazy. I wanted to show way you. Way to the... interrupt my podcast the way you interrupt the rest of my life. How is that? Ri- isn't that ridiculous? That's okay, fun. Whatever. That's fun. Do you think my face is too? Oh, it looks nice, you know. I'll put some make. I'll put some, some really pale makeup oh, it looks on my blend it. When you shower, does it come off? No, this is, it's permanent forever. It's really? Forever. Guys, if you don't know, you're probably wondering, what, what, what is this stuff that Mike bought for her? I stopped by Sephora yesterday. She wanted to get some, it's like you, this spray-on tan stuff, and apparently it worked, and apparently it's all over her hands and everything, and she didn't wash it off before going to bed and getting it on me or my comforter. So thank you, Jessica. You're welcome. Have a good podcast. Well, thanks. I'm sure that the viewers loved hearing from you for a moment um so yeah that's uh the update the quick update with jessica uh the creature that lives with me uh very unique and uh interesting human being very interesting (laughs) so what is going on what what we did for new year's was we were both lazy and i turned off all the lights turned off the tv turned off everything and we just looked out the window at other people celebrating, right? So whenever the new year rang in, we we just wanted to hear people scream. So that's how we knew that it was actually a midnight was because we could see other people in the skyscrapers nearby celebrating, dancing, jumping around, screaming. And uh, that was really, uh, that was neat, right? And I was able to time it because when they started screaming, I... We went in for the New Year's kiss. You gotta have your New Year's kiss if you can, you know. Even if it's your dog or your cat, or, or you know, any any living creature, I think counts. You know, if it's a, a a grandma that's nearby, whatever it is, grab somebody, give them a kiss on New Year's if you can. And uh, we were able to enact that and. Uh, I was able to watch other people. There was one woman that was like dancing like a few minutes before. She was dancing intensely in her apartment. I could see her across the way. And I was getting excited and I was really hoping that she was going to give head to the guy that was in that room when the new year rang. And unfortunately she didn't and there was no sexual tension that uh, really took place that I could see. So I was a little bit disappointed. I was hoping for some I was hoping I was hoping to witness some New Year's fellatio from across the way. Uh, anyway, whatever you did, we're here and we're underway. So yeah, um, a lot has gone on since I did my last podcast. Episode eighty-six was uh, the previous one. This is episode eighty-seven, which automatically makes me think of Ricky Prohl. He was a wide receiver for the St. Louis Rams and just uh, 
a big inspiration for me. You know, I had a big impact in one of the Super Bowls a while back for the Rams. I'm going to talk about football later in the podcast, though, because I don't want to lose my universal audience uh, by talking about football too quickly, right? Uh, we'll save the best for last, uh, in, in my opinion. Anyway, so with that said, uh, what's been going on in the world? Well, did you see Star Wars yet? Have you seen any movies? Have you seen The Mandalorian? Have you seen Uncut Gems? Have you seen 1917? Uh, I have seen all but 1917. Uh, I did see... Uh, I loved the new Star Wars. I'm not I'm not a harsh critic, though. You know, I'm, I'm there's a lot of good reviews, more good reviews for Episode Nine than I anticipated seeing and hearing. And, uh, you know, I love every movie out there. I mean, for goodness sakes, I like Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Uh, I had a, a previous girlfriend who thought I was an idiot for liking Constantine, thought it was the dumbest movie of all time. But you know what? I, I, I'm, I just, I like movies, you know? So I thought Star Wars Episode Nine was fun. Uh, the only thing that I thought was weird is that they never revealed whatever um, Finn's secret was. He, had, he was going to tell Rey a secret, <laughs> this big secret, and then they just never said what it was. So that was interesting. Uh, my brother's a huge Star Wars fan. He's always been diehard. I think I may have mentioned it before. He likes to dress up like Kylo Ren, um, and uh, and he loves Darth Vader. I think he has a Darth Vader helmet. I think he has multiple Darth Vader helmets and Kylo Ren helmets. Uh, great artist, Jonathan. Love you, A.K.A. my bro, Jaja. If you're listening. Thank you for all the Star Wars presents that you gave me for Christmas. That was awesome. All the collector's items and the, 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 the magazines. Uh, so what, the reason, the main reason I bring my brother up, other than to give him a shout-out full of love, is because as a, as a big Star Wars fan, he didn't have too many negative things to say about it. The, the negative things that he, he shared were some semantics, you know, some... some some of the ways that they had Princess Leia involved and things like that, but overall, it seemed like he really liked the movie, and that made me happy, you know? I mean, he's such a big fan, and there's so many big fans out there like him that you don't want to see, you don't want to see um, people disappointed, you know? And, and it's a big deal, that, that movie that Disney executed it as best as they could, and, you know, it's such a hard project to do, you know, I mean... There's infinite ways that it could go, and uh, you know you, you want to see it. You want to see as many people happy as as, as possible, and uh, I think that they they did a pretty good job. You know, Palpatine. I have to admit that opening scene with Kylo Ren that was really powerful and uh, really cool, and then just watching how everything unfolded uh, really just made me very aroused. It, it really made me randy. And uh, I had a boner watching the movie. It was very exciting. So I recommend it. Go check it out. Um, I'd like to buy a real lightsaber, not a fake one. I want a real lightsaber. I don't think that the government would allow that. I don't think we have that type of technology. But I do think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, my favorite line from the movie was, "Don't under, don't never underestimate a droid." Right? And as you guys know, my name has been the droid since before um, before the Verizon cell phone came out, blah, blah, blah. You don't care, whatever. But I've been the droid forever. 
so whenever uh, whenever I heard Princess Leia say that and then Ray repeat it, you know, the two princesses of the movie, you know, Princess Leia and Princess Rhea, uh, I uh, it really it really got my heartstrings pulled. I started crying, believe it or not. I I, I got teary eyed, and uh, and I thought to myself, I appreciate the recognition, guys, ladies, I should say. So, with that said, uh, you guys got you guys got Disney Plus. You got the Mandalorian. I got the Mandalorian. I gotta tell Jessica to stop singing real quick. I can hear her sing. Hey, Jessica, uh, do you mind stop singing while I'm recording a podcast, please? Yeah, sorry about that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, anywho. Mandalorian was really good. They did the, the they wrapped up the whole season. They got another season coming out next year. I thought that that was really fun how they ended it. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm trying not to give too many spoilers away. So I'm not really dissect. And this is not a movie review of Star Wars Episode Nine. This is not a movie review of the Mandalorian or episode TV show review. It's it's more so just saying whether or not I liked it. Uh, which I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the people who don't know me probably don't give a shit what I think. They just want to hear humor or something interesting that they haven't thought of before. Uh, so I don't really have uh, jokes about The Mandalorian other than um, I liked it. You know, so that, that's not a joke. It, it just it was it was worth the watch. I recommend it. Baby Yoda is very very exciting. Um, I did not like in one of the episodes when one of the stormtroopers punched Baby Yoda, and uh, you know, come on, guys, you know what I mean? Why you gotta be such a? Why you gotta be so mean? Uh, that's that's an appropriate time to bust out some T Swift, right? Um, maybe I should make a, a a meme of the stormtrooper punching Baby Yoda. And hearing Taylor Swift's song in the background, why you gotta be so mean? Why you gotta be so mean? Uh, anyway, I also saw Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. I even made a, a, a little comedy movie review, if you will. I'm not gonna do the movie review now, but I did a little movie review from the perspective of Bobby Boucher, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I put it on YouTube and. Instagram, so uh, you know it's worth it's worth taking a gander at my Instagram account for my. Julia, the actress, who so hot I want to touch the hiney. Oh, I think she gave that musician a OTPHJ. So if you guys want to see that, check out my Instagram at the Droid. Of course, it's the Droid. It's always been the Droid. T H E D R O Y D. It's droid with a Y, not an I. So the droid. Um, yeah. So uncut gems. Uh, pretty much had diarrhea the entire time watching that movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. Adam Sandler pulls you in. Pretty much made me anxious and nervous. I was on the edge of my seat. Very uncomfortable. But that's what you want to do. You want to be moved in a in a flick. And uh, it was pretty cool. Checked out his uh, deal on 60 Minutes. Uh, you know, uh, he was on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks back. That was pretty cool to see him. And 
some of his interactions with his mom. Uh, Sandler's doing, you know, this is cool. It's cool to see him have uh, this type of success. Uh, it's a unique success. He's being respected as an actor uh, for this. Uh, but good old Sandler, he's always good in my book. And if you haven't seen it or listened to any of his old records from the 90s, oh, those CD, those comedy CDs, that stuff is so funny. I think that might be him at his best is some of those uh, comedy CDs that he made out and some of those funny sketches. Um, I highly recommend it. I need to consider doing... I need to consider making more musical comedy and more uh, like comedy funny audio sketches maybe because I'm good with the impressions and the voices. So, uh, yeah, that was a consensus that uh, some of my friends uh, came up with when I visited them in Missouri is that I need to be incorporating more musical comedy. So I'm going to try to do that. We'll see what we can do. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in the world, though. Uh, I don't really have I only have one big update of what's going on in the world I've already talked about the new year, the holidays are over we're on track the biggest update right now aside from the fact that the new year started off hot in the stock market which always gives me a boner um, is the fact that uh, we had a little, a little bit of scuffle going on with Iran right now a little bit of a scuffle alright uh, Donald Trump ordered the assassination of one of their military leaders, and they are not happy, right? Um, it was unexpected, it was out of nowhere, and, um, you know, they threatened revenge through God's grace, you know, is what they said. Uh, I don't know how graceful it is to threaten anybody with revenge. That's not really something that has to do with God, in my opinion. Uh, revenge is, is uh, the opposite of grace, in my opinion, but I can understand anger coming from anybody that, uh, you know, feels attacked, uh, especially unexpectedly and out of nowhere. I don't know anything about what's going on. I know that there's a lot of mixed emotions. A lot of people are upset. Uh, they think that he was a little bit reckless with this, and it may trigger uh, a war. In fact, it was trending on... Uh, Twitter recently, World War Three. Everyone was making World War Three jokes, which I gotta be honest, I actually I didn't participate in that because it's such a serious matter that like I don't think it's funny. Like that is the definition of too soon, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not putting down those who did make jokes. I just I just didn't feel comfortable. It, it feels too. Serious. What if I just unloaded like a, a gigantic joke right now about uh, about it all? I don't. I don't have one. I um, yeah. Apparently, uh, Kevin Hart had a pretty pretty funny one uh, about World War Three here, but I don't know why Jessica's making so much noise. Now I can hear her with the water on. Jessica, I can hear. I can hear the water. What? I can hear the water. Okay, maybe, yeah, okay, thanks. Okay, she's taking a shower. I, I just opened the, the door and she was out there wet, or sorry, uh, out there naked and eating something. And when I opened the door, she looked like she was caught or guilty of something, so she must be eating some of my snacks. <laughs> she is a resource consumer, guys. This is uh, a, cr a creature that consumes my resources 
and uh, feels very comfortable telling me how to live my life, you know? <laughs> very, her comfort level in telling me how to live my life and how, my, how to do my comedy is uh, exceeded by none, right? <laughs> exceeded by none, so. Anyway, uh, I hope that this whole thing with Iran uh, turns out well. Uh, I guess time will tell, but um, yeah, when you, when you go and uh, you just assassinate uh, a foreign leader, that is an act of war, and uh, just as it would be if the roles were reversed, and I guess we'll we'll just have to see. I, Iran has always been. Um, uh, someone that I, I don't think you want to pick a fight with, you know? And another thing, if I was, like, Iran if I was, like, an Iranian citizen and I had access, I don't know if they have access to the internet, but if I saw all these, like, internet jokes about it, it would make me, like, even more mad at America, you know? Because it seems like nobody, like, actually cares or gives a shit about or, or, or is showing respect to... The situation at hand, it's like, look at all these, <laughs> look at all these, uh, is, is the term from the, I don't know, I, I, I just feel like it would be like, look, do they not give a shit, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, I don't know, we, we live in a weird time, guys, where social media, everyone's trying to get that, that, like, that next big viral, like, tweet or whatever, and it kind of... I think it can have an impact on, you know, like, I don't know, it's weird. I think the two worlds are, are colliding, you know, they, they have the potential to collide. So I think what I'm trying to say is don't just chase likes all the time because you can potentially, um, I don't know, it could backfire. It potentially, it's, I'm not saying it's backfiring on this, but it just feels, it feels like a bad time to be making jokes. So, uh, about that specifically. Uh, I'd rather be making jokes about uh, other things. Nevertheless, enough on that. Uh, the only big other world update that I have, sorry, I, I said I only have one, uh, but there was a, a, a Jew hate crime, uh, a Jewish hate crime. You know, there was an attack in New York here. Somebody in a machete was going around trying to hurt some people who were Jewish, and it was, I don't know. It's crazy that we still have prejudice and just ignorance transpiring and um I don't know it's really sad so uh not that I can not that I can do much but uh stop being prejudiced you know seriously that's all I have to say is uh just let people be who they are stop stop being prejudiced you know stop being racist stop being you know, phobic of, of, I don't know, just, just be and let be, I don't know, you know, it's sad, so without getting too um, depressing in this podcast, let's talk about what's going on in the world of comedy, huh, Eddie Murphy hosted Saturday Night Live right before Christmas, that was pretty fun, uh, Will Ferrell hosted recently before that. Tracy Morgan was uh, made guest appearances on both monologues. Uh, Dave Chappelle showed up and, and was uh, made a guest appearance on uh, Eddie Murphy's monologue. Uh, 
<laughs> I thought the funniest. I thought one of the funniest parts of Eddie Murphy's monologue was all these African American uh, comedians were coming on stage to like have this moment with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and this one, I forget his name. He's like my favorite cast member currently. It's Kyle Mooney's buddy. How could I possibly forget this? Please forgive me. But anyway, Kyle Mooney's buddy comes on stage. This white dude. And everyone's like, yeah, j- just get off the stage. And he, <laughs> it, was, it was like the timing and the execution of it, but it was, it was hilarious to me. Uh, it was great to see Eddie Murphy back in action. He was, he was good, you know? I, I, thought, I thought he executed. It, it, it's always... It, I get nervous to see someone, you know, who has that big of a name come back after so many years... Because it's so hard to, to ever, you know, you, you put your best out there. You know, he, he, he put everything he could out there when he was younger. Uh, so And everyone always has expectations. They want equal to or better. And it's like sometimes, that's like expecting, you know, Tom Brady to come back 10 years from now if he retires and be equal to or better than he was. You know what I mean? It's like some of these expectations are just unrealistic, but it's human nature too, especially if you don't know how hard it is to do what Eddie Murphy did when he was younger. Um, so the fact that he was able to have a great show and, um, you know, I didn't think he let people down, in, in my opinion. So that that's spectacular, in, in my opinion. Um, got to have some, some random cameos from people. And, uh, yeah, it was just fun. You know, Eddie Murphy's got a lot of stuff. He's got his Netflix special coming out soon, which I'm always going to be interested to see how that turns out as well. Uh, I watched a little bit of him on uh, Comedians Getting Coffee in Cars with whatever it's called. Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. And he was making me laugh on there when he was talking about some of the people that he had met uh, in the past and just doing impressions. Uh, Very interesting, right? Eddie Murphy there, and uh, he's got uh, Coming to America too coming out. So, you know he's 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 uh, he's adopting the attitude that hey motherfucker I'm not dead I'm still alive so while I'm here I'm still gonna create more for you and that's fun you know it gives us stuff to look forward to and you know it's uh, his name is is living his work is not done right just like myself right hey. Uh, here's a really cool thing. I have a friend, I was, uh, performing at one of the comedy clubs here the other night on, um, we were in the green room and we were talking and this dude's friends with Tracy Morgan and he started showing me videos like on his iPhone, just like videos that he had taken on his iPhone backstage at Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago, like during the dress rehearsals when Will Ferrell was practicing, practicing his monologue at... And then, like, a video of him following Tracy Morgan backstage as he was walking on stage to make his appearance in the live recording of the monologue with Will Ferrell. And it was just, like, it was pretty awesome. He had pictures in his phone there with Will Ferrell, Tracy Morgan, Ryan Reynolds, other cast members. It was... It was really cool. He was saying, like, Rachel Dratch is really nice and respectful and was friendly to him and just I don't know it was pretty awesome I guess he's been buddies with Tracy Morgan for years and I was just asking questions and 
he was telling me really cool things. You know, he said, I said, is the character in 30 Rock like a, a real persona of Tracy Morgan? And he's like, in a way, when he was younger, yeah. You know, Tracy Morgan, when he was younger, he was crazy. He was crazy in a good way, you know, like just off the wall. Uh, they'd go out, they'd have a blast. Um, he's obviously tamer now. He made a really funny joke about, um, I think it was in Eddie Murphy's monologue about uh, when, about having having been in his car accident. So, you know, just a, I don't know, man. I, I love Tracy Morgan. I think... Uh, I think that was really special to see that, you know, this uh, behind-the-scenes footage here. And I'm a degree of separation away, guys. I feel like I'm a degree of separation away from every comedian in the business at this point, you know. Um, it's pretty cool stuff, you know. Being friends with Dom Leonelli has really opened up a lot of uh, avenues to connections. I feel like Dom Leonelli is is a degree of separation from from everybody in the business i'm not just going to list off the people that he knows but it's it's amazing he's a good guy guys he's the he's the guy from our from our sketch group the midwest sketch bandits we've been talking his, his birthday was yesterday happy birthday dom i'm gonna get him in a i'm gonna get him in to have a an episode here as as my guest we did one a year ago as the midwest sketch bandits actually and that was pretty fun i remember uh at the beginning of 2019, I told them, you know, a lot of people always have the intention of of making videos and putting things together, but people just don't show up and do it. You know, that's the difference is everyone wants to do all these things, but they just don't follow through for some reason. You know, everyone has all these big giant goals and all these things that they want to do on high hopes, but for whatever reason, they just don't show up. So we made it a point in 2019 to show up and we made a bunch of sketches. If you guys haven't checked them out, look us up online. It's the Midwest Sketch Bandits. Uh, it's been awesome working with Ben, Ben Mead, Benjamin Mead. Um, he's from Wisconsin. Dom's from Ohio. And uh, we put a lot of work into it in 2019. We're all over IMDb now. We got a new sketch coming out uh, You know that we filmed in December. Was hoping that we could get it to you guys before the new year, but hey... At least you still got that to look forward to. Um, so I'm excited about that and all the other social media content creation that's going on, which I'll talk about later. Uh, nevertheless, though, that's that. And um, <clears throat> more that's going on in the comedy world. Yeah, I, so I had a really good meeting with a, a comedy club owner uh, before I went home for Christmas break. Uh, really great meeting and he was telling me that uh, he knows Adam Sandler right and I guess uh, uh, his kids play uh, have played basketball with Adam Sandler and he was just saying how Adam Sandler and it was funny how they talked about in 60 minutes that when Sandler comes to New York he plays basketball a lot you know and it, it, like it's like how he likes to kill time and he was just saying that he's real down to earth you know I think I saw a picture uh, of his kids with Sandler and I don't know. I, I I still haven't met him. Can you believe that? I still haven't met him. That's that's a degree of separation right there. By the way, I'm one degree of I'm one degree of a separation away from Adam Sandler. Uh, I I still would love to to meet the guy. I want to work with him. It's my goal to be in a movie with him. Him and Jim Carrey. Um, 
Uh, it would be so amazing. Nick Swartzen, too. Well, I mean, I'm not, I would love to work with so many comedians out there. Uh, not limiting it to, to those guys, but that, that would be so, so amazing. It would, uh, that would truly be an example of dreams being able to come true and the sky's the limit and there's no, there's no limit on, on what a person can achieve if they, you know, work hard enough and, and make sacrifices. So I'm working toward that. Uh, what did I, what did I see recently? Oh, last night I stayed in cause Jessica put a, uh, what do they call that? An anchor on me, you know, a metaphorical anchor last night. She wanted to hang out. So I stayed in and we watched Mike Birbiglia's newest, uh, comedy special on Netflix. The one where he was on Broadway. I don't know if you guys have seen the show live or if you've seen it on Netflix, but it's phenomenal. It's it's a different type of comedy. It's so, if you follow the journey of his, it's a long special too, right? I would have loved to have seen it when it was on Broadway. I, I intended to, I just never got around to making the time for it. But it's just such a, how do I, how do I put it into words? It's fundamental to what truly matters in life, right? He talks about his, his journey with his wife and then how they had a kid and just tells all these stories and gives brings you into his life and all the unique, the, the things that he's had to deal with. I actually, after having watched that, I respect him so much because I feel like he, he has had a lot of difficult things that he has to live with and that he's had to overcome and he's not complaining in it like I don't think he reveals these things for sympathy I know he doesn't it doesn't come off that way at all but it was an un, probably an unintended byproduct uh, of him sharing those things that I, I started to develop like a different type of respect for him as a human and then you know his his craft and his art and the way that he presents and 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 executes his stand-up his comedy his his art to the world so it's really special how he brings it all back you know he kind of takes these different stories and um kind of ties them all together at the end and, and it has a great message it's real it's not sugar-coated or fabricated or um you know hollywooded up you know i, I think Mike Birbiglia is probably like the opposite of the definition of Hollywood in a good way where it's like completely like all soul you know what I mean so I would love to meet him I've never met him uh, I, I used to see his name all the time outside of the comedy cellar lineup every night they have their they had like ride it on a dry erase board out there uh, the guys that are on that night for the different shows at um, comedy cellar and fat black pussycat yeah, I would always see his name there. So I don't know if he's touring around currently or if he's still in New York at the moment doing shows at the cellar. But I'd love to see. I, I got to see him when I went to G, uh, see Jimmy Fallon with my buddy Wale last year. As you guys remember, uh, he was one of the guests. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to check that out. I did go to Fat Black Pussycat recently. Uh, our last show before the holidays, uh, the improv group Too Nice. We had our show at the Pit, and one of my old teammates, Ra Ra, what's up, Ra Ra? Number seven, Ra Ra. Uh, he came with his lady and uh, one of his buddies from Mizzou, 
They came to support the show. We went out afterwards. By the way, a lot of people are not going to get this reference, but I got to talk about some of these guys that were on the team. There was one dude that was more unique than anyone else. His name was Castine Bridges. This dude drove around in this like custom Lexus, like custom paint, custom audio speakers, uh, very loud, right? And uh, the dude that Ra Ra came to the show with apparently did all the custom work on the guys on the team that had like the nicest whips, the nicest cars. <laughs> so, you know, guys like Castine Bridges, Paul Simpson, um, Willie Moe, uh, you know, these guys that had these souped-up cars. Castine used to have TVs. You could, like, when he was driving down the seat, you could see the TV through his back window. And Castine... So I was I was asking this guy that Ra Ra bring to the show. He's a lawyer here in New York. Sorry, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, or I'd give you a shout-out. But I was like, dude, what was it like, you know, souping up Castine's whip? And he said, dude, he, he said it was crazy. Castine came to me, he said, dude, I want, I want speakers on the outside of the car, right? And he's like, what do you mean you want speakers on the outside? He's like, I want speakers in the hood of my car so that when I'm driving down the street, people can get the full experience of my, <laughs> of my audio. <laughs> so he put speakers. I mean, this car used to shake. Some of these guys' cars used to, like, turn other like other cars that were parked on the street their their alarms would go off when they would drive down the street and Castine when Castine was around man I, I've never met a guy like Castine I, I may have told you guys this before but Castine and I had dinner one time at the dining hall for the athletes and we had this one-on-one -on -one, like sharing of philosophies he, he he asked me a question that I feel like doesn't even deserve an answer but he asked it in a non disrespectful way so it may come off condescending, but I know by the look in his eye, I could tell he was just curious, you know? And this was Castine's question to me. He goes, hey, though, why you work so hard, man? You know, because I was such a hard worker, you know? I was like, wow. And I gave him a real answer. Normally, if someone said that, I would, if it came off in a condescending way, I wouldn't even respond to the question. But because he showed curiosity... I gave him I gave him a real answer. I, I, I gave him an answer that I think <laughs> doesn't even like I, I feel like that's a question you know what I mean? I, I told him why I worked so hard, you know, and uh, you know, part of it was, was naturally that I love the game, you know, that I wanna be the best that I can be, that you know, I, I never you know, every play you take off is, is is you know, a missed opportunity to get better. You know, and this guy, his, his response to me was, oh, man, I just go through the motions, man. <laughs> this dude was on a full-ride scholarship. I remember watching him go through the drills, putting the least amount of effort that he possibly could into it, and he ended up starting. He was a great athlete. In fact, we would have gone to, we would have gone to the same high school if I stayed in California, if my parents didn't have us move to Missouri. He went to Pinole High School, which is the same the first football team I played for played on that field. We were the West County Spartans, and we played at uh, the second year I played. We we had moved from De Anza High School, where we played our home games, to Pinole Valley High School. First place I scored a touchdown was at Pinole Valley High School, where Castine Bridges. This dude has a tattoo of California on his calf, by the way, a giant tattoo of California. And uh, when I found out that he went to the high school 
that I would have gone to, I asked my friends from that ele- from the elementary school in California. I said, did you guys ever hear of casting bridges? <laughs> and one of my friends was like, yeah, he beat up like one of our mutual, like there was a kid that was like a rascal, you know, that like was kind of a troublemaker to the point where I was a troublemaker, but I was like a likable troublemaker. There was like a kid that was a troublemaker, but like you were scared of him. I don't know if you guys have ever had a kid in your class that, you know, you were like, uh, this dude might, like, shoot up a school if he had access to something, right? That was that type of kid. Anyway, uh, my friend, I was like, have you heard of Casting Bridge? She's like, yeah, she beat up that, that, that kid, right? That kid that I just mentioned that was, that we were afraid of, you know? <laughs> apparently, apparently Casting beat that kid up, man. Casting always has, like, six girls with him, and he's never in a relationship with any of them. And he, he's always very clear. Hey, we're not in a relationship. So you <laughs> good old casting. So I just went on a, like a rant about cat. I need to talk about him in my stand up. But anyway, it was fun. We went to ba- Fat Black Pussycat. We saw a bunch of, you know, a bunch of celebs there. Michelle Wolf was there that night hanging out. Um, Dom's friend Eagle Wit was there. He's I see him doing shows at the Comedy Cellar regularly now. Uh, Dove Davidov. Uh, Mo Mo Amer Muhammad Amer, you guys know him. He he uh, he he's open for Dave Chappelle and uh, done some some big stuff. He was there, and uh, yeah, it was it was really uh, it was it was pretty fun. We had a good time going out. Talked about football. Talked about casting. So yeah, that was that. We had a great time. Uh, what else is going on? I I saw this. Uh, so Jessica bought me this magazine a while back. I think I told you about it. It's the Science of Laughter. and Chapter 1 titled, The Best Medicine. It says, laughter may boost immune function, pain tolerance, cardiovascular health, and memory. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in as a little excerpt there. I thought that that was really, really cool, you know. Um, just seeing physical evidence or physical, I don't even know the word for it, um, like scientific studies on the the positive effects that laughter can create, and it it it, um, it reinforces why I love to do what I do. It reinforces my mission statement. It reinforces my desire to create laughter. Um, what I can say is, comedians great. Everyone has a different sense of humor. Humor. Not everyone's gonna like everybody. Humor is universal. You don't need to be a comedian to create or experience humor. You don't need to experience it from a comedian. Um, you, some of the funniest stuff we ever see in our life is from inside jokes that we have with our friends and family. That's that's oftentimes the hardest that we ever laugh, you know. And I wouldn't dare to ever take that away from anybody. I I think the job of a comedian is trying your best to manufacture that essence, right? Uh, to bottle that that beauty, that that fleeting you know, that fleeting, uh, intangible, uh, beautiful thing known as, as humor, right? And to, to create that and to, to, to deploy that on command to audiences that want it. I think that's the difference between comedy and just humor in, in everyday life, right? And luckily we get to experience both. I think it would be a shame if we could only have one, uh, of those things, right? I think it would be a shame to 
to limit our, our ability to, to ingest the different types of, of humor, right? <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of philosophy on, on, on the, the depth of humor and, what, and, and comedy and things like that, and my, my take on the whole thing. Uh, what's going on in my comedy world? I've talked a little bit about it already. Uh, you know, one of the cool, that guy who is friends with Tracy Morgan, he said something real nice to me the other night. We, we started talking, we were getting to, I've known him for years now, but we've never talked that deep. He's actually given me some helpful advice about acting before he's done some stuff. And he said something real nice. He, I guess he didn't know that I had played football or that that was a big part of my life. And when he asked what happened, you know, when he found out that I, I, I was a part of a pretty high level program and all this stuff, he was like, well, what happened? I let him know that I had gotten hurt and all this stuff. And he said something real nice. He said, it happened for a reason, man. He goes, it's good that it happened. And the reason it happened is so that you'll be able to flourish in comedy. And I just thought that that was a real kind thing to say, whether he believes that or not, even if he's just trying to lift me up. Either way, it, it hits the eardrums in a nice way, and, and I like to believe that, you know. And time will tell, but, um, you know, football can take a toll, I guess. It, uh, you know, it can uh, take years off your life sometimes, or, you know, it can, you know, make you – I'm already – relatively forgetful so I don't know anyway uh, I thought that was really fun and uh, what else happened I, I I did Caroline's the other night uh, I had two shows LOL and Caroline's after my uh, weekly show uh, at the hostel in Brooklyn and uh, which is on Wednesdays anyway Caroline's went really well people were really you know, they were into it. Uh, I was able to get it on film. I still need to watch it, but I was able to meet some other comedians. Uh, that was really cool. I was booked with one of my friends, Tori Piskin. Uh, you know, she she introduced me to some people, which was really nice. Um, you know, she had a good set as well, and uh, people were receptive to me after I got off stage. They came up and introduced themselves. One of the guys that works at Caroline's, I guess he's been there for a long time, was was real talkative with me, which is always a good sign. Because when you do bad, people don't want to talk to you. And we've all been there where people don't even want to look you in the eye because they don't want to feel obligated to say good job, you know, <laughs> if they don't mean it. <clears throat> so that was pretty cool. He, um, you know, this guy was telling me he'd seen so much, he's seen so much at Caroline's over the years. And Somehow we, we got on the topic of Mitch Hedberg. I guess Mitch Hedberg had performed at Caroline's the last weekend that he was alive, and uh, I did not know that. I, I you know, just he, he was talking about how Mitch Hedberg was there at Caroline's and just, yeah, crazy stuff. You know, I was asking if he was still funny there at the very end because he died of, died of a drug overdose, and uh, he said no, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't that weekend, and he was actually laying down on the stage at times, you know. It was just, it was kind of sad to hear. I think they had a, he, he I know, because he mentioned this, that they had a memorial service for Mitch Hedberg there, you know. They did have one for him, and, you know, God bless him. I mean, we all, we all love Mitch Hedberg. I don't know anybody that doesn't think he's, that he was just a great light for us, um, just a, a great torch of light and humor, right? And just someone that brought so much unique uh, laughter. Um, 
So that was pretty cool to hear about, um, you know, that perspective that I had never learned of before that I'm sharing with you guys now. So what else is going on, guys? Um, just getting more shows in, you know. Um, get, was able to perform a couple times while I was at home, you know, a couple different places. Those shows were fun. I had people come out and support in, in St. Louis there. Uh, shout out to the Beto family. Thank you so much, Mrs. Beto. Uh, for your support, uh, you know, it was so cool, you know, to have that, and, um, to have you and your, your family, um, you know, come to the show like that, and uh, just just awesome stuff, you know, Eureka representing, uh, there was a couple, there was another person from Eureka, unexpectedly there, Garrett Haas, I don't know if any of my Eureka people out there um, are listening right now, but if you are, he was there. I think he was the president of student council at one point. So that was really cool to see him. He was having some good laughs and got to catch up. Apparently he knows my buddy Jimmy Bariolis. It's a small world. We're all interconnected, man. When I look back, I see when – I, when I look on Facebook every once in a while, I see people that I knew separately at one point in time that are now friends on Facebook. So, like, <clears throat> put, you reap what you sow. So put good – good uh karma out there because everything eventually comes to the light i i believe that you know so it is cool to see uh good things happening to good people my friends doing well got to catch up with my buddies tyler and mark and several others chris blackerby austin huff everyone coming out to either support or hang out at one point in time hanging out with the family hanging out with little coco you know and uh, just keeping on building the brand, baby. You know, we were out there hustling, getting my feedback, getting stuff on tape, being able to break it down, you know, getting some good suggestions from my closest friends. You know, my friends are like, dude, you're still not famous. You know, they, they, they I like how there's so much more critical in a good way, like in the way that, all right, Mike, you're 33. What could we do to help you? you know, take it to that next level, right? I mean, we all believe in you. We all know you've made sacrifices. You've committed your life to this, you know? So I feel that love, you know, and it's good to be reminded of certain aspects of my talent that I may forget, you know, that they re-highlight, like my musical abilities and things like that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, a couple of weeks ago before I... um. So comedy really is, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I did this show, you know, before I came back here. I was on stage for an hour and a half, right? I, I did this show here in New York before I went to Missouri for, for Christmas. And every single, I think every single person that was at that show followed me on Instagram afterwards. People were coming up to me just telling me how much it, they really enjoyed the show, a couple of the guys said, we've seen shows all over the world. We just went to the Comedy Cellar yesterday. They're like, dude, you are on your way. You will be at the Comedy Cellar, right? So it's it's really special to hear that from comedy aficionados. Um, you know, that, that, that my performance had an impact on them like that, that it, it resulted in a bunch of Instagram follows. You know, I, I even posted about shows the next night and, you know, people were showing up to shows that I didn't even promote to them individually. It was just like my public blast, you know? So like, it's cool how 
when you see that your comedy, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's happening more and more where I'm having that type of an impact, and it's it's resulting in uh, legitimate traction and, and steps forward. I'm I'm having more traction and progress than I did when I moved to LA. When I when I when I moved to LA, I just felt like I was spinning my my wheels a lot. If anything, going backwards at times, you know. In New York, I've I've experienced some backwards movement in certain ways, but I've experienced more forward movement in the world of comedy, and and development on the on a on a on the spectrum on the on the whole spectrum of it. Uh, got plenty of room to go and plenty of room to grow. Uh, definitely plenty of merit badges to achieve. Right, um, want to make that national splash in 2020 be great to get uh you know a nice stand-up tv credit national national audience performance uh and and some movie lines in 2020 that's i'd say those are the big goals for me uh got a bunch of smaller you know incremental goals and and things like that but those are some big ones for 2020 on my end i recommend everyone write down what are your goals for 2020 write that down you know have a purpose for it you know be intentional with your actions right uh, don't just be vague and, and um, uh, you know, I don't know the word, omnipotent. I don't even know what that word means. I don't know why that came to my mind. So what else, though? I am getting ready to wrap up. I am auditioning here at UCB for a couple of things coming up. I'm auditioning for Lloyd Night. Uh, I'm in that, you know, the academy class that I told you guys about with Alex Dixon, which is going really well. Loving, loving that. Had a couple weeks off because of the holidays. Looking forward to getting back. I'm doing a character audition with them as well um, here in a couple days. So I'm excited about that. And uh, what else, you know? Uh, shit in my undergarments, guys. TikTok, you on TikTok? So social media content updates. I've been, I've been uh, reinvesting my uh i'm doubling down tripling down quadrupling down in every way on on comedy and entertainment uh you know i'm get, i got more resources like uh lighting and uh, backdrops for my for my social media content i'm gonna be making more youtube videos and instagram whatever is you you know maybe do some some cool stuff on tiktok you know hey apparently the kids are on tiktok apparently everyone's on tiktok i don't know whatever Oh, here's something cool that happened in the world of comedy. My buddy, so I had a kid that I went to elementary school with. We've all had class clown friends, right? We've either been class clowns or we've seen class clowns throughout our years of school. And I was one of the class clowns, of course, right? And I remember competing. I always wanted to be the funniest kid in school. Uh, but you, you can't dismiss the other comedians or talents that uh, that you go to school with there was there was other funny people over the years and I remember one one kid his name was Muckle Maholtra okay he was a year older than me we both went to Alinda Elementary School and um, he's not my I, I mentioned to you guys before that my best friend growing up was was heard of Paul Hare so it's not him uh, they were both Indian but not from the same part of India India is a huge place, right? So uh, I don't know the specifics of Muckle's origin, but I do. I don't know if I've talked about Muckle before, but Muckle, I didn't get to experience his humor in class, but I got to experience it after class because we would ride 
to daycare together afterwards. We didn't, like, my, my mom couldn't pick me up after school right away, so I'd go to after-school care for a few hours, and we'd play sports and do all that stuff. Muckle and I would ride the bus, and we would run. He was really fast, so Muckle and I would talk about how to run fast, right? He would, I would say, Muckle, how do you run so fast? He was one of the fastest kids in school. And I would say, Muckle, how do you, you know, teach me how to be... We, we, Muckle, what am I trying to say? He was very fast, and he was also very funny, right? And he would do these funny, like, facial expressions. And uh, I haven't thought about him lately, but I've never forgot about him. Uh, we just haven't, we haven't connected since I was in elementary school. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Muckle and I used to talk about the number of uproars we got in class that day, right? So, like... We would talk about, you know, oh, I got three really big laughs today in class. You know what I mean? I got three. Jessica, I, I am. Okay. Jessica's rushing me. Uh, <laughs> so Muckle would, would, would say I got three big uproars or whatever. We'd be talking. We'd be sharing. But Muckle got in trouble. His parents were very strict. So Muckle used to get beat or spanked really hard when his teachers would send a note. And if he disrupted the class and got laughter, he would oftentimes get sent home a note that he had to get signed by his dad. Oh man, he would he would tell me, <laughs> Muckle would tell me how scared he was to go home and get the, get the signature from his dad and then he wanted to like forge the signature <laughs> because he was so afraid of, of the spanking, but he loved making people laugh so much that he would deal with that torture that came with it. And I think that there's a fundamental, first of all, I love, some people that are naturally funny just have this like innate need to create laughter. Not only do they have the ability, but they also have a need. And they're willing, we're willing, I should say, we're willing to deal with so much shit just f to excrete that humor and to feel that high of, the uproar of, of creating humor, which which translates through laughter of, of, of people, right? And, I mean, you know, that's why you see comedians sacrifice so much for comedy. You know, instead of going and chasing, um, you know, a big, a big job where it's the responsible thing to do and all these things, you sacrifice so much shit for that payoff of being able to be funny for people. And, uh, I don't know, Muckle just reminds me of that. And anyway, there's this guy who's been liking all, or this random Instagram account who's been liking all my stuff. I never knew who it was. And we started DMing, or no, this person DM'd me, right? I didn't even know who it was. And he's like, he started saying, you know, I'm really happy for you and your success and all these things. And I was like, is this, I, I thought it was, I actually thought it was that kid that got beat up by Castine. You know, that kid in, at the high school that, that was, that everyone was scared of. <laughs> I thought it was him. And I clarified, I was like, is this, I don't want to say his name, but anyway, uh, anyways, like, no, this is Muckle, you know? I was like, dude, Muckle, what's up? <laughs> Muckle Maholtra in the house, bro. So, um, that was my man, Muckle Maholtra, you know? And uh, we had some good back and forths with that Instagram DM, and that was a nice Christmas present to to receive, you know. And uh, it was special. It was special. It's always special when positive things come back around, you know. I need to remember you reap what you sow because I think I reap a lot of good things, but I haven't. Every you know, we've all 
is it reap or sow? I don't. I've I've done a lot of good things that I'm proud of, but not everything, you know, have I done that I'm proud of. And I don't know. I guess that's part of being human, right? Um, but it's nice when you have good things that come back to you, and and that and that that's motivating for you to want to plant more good seeds by doing more good deeds and more. You know, because it's 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 rewarding and it, and it helps others. You know, not just yourself. So, anyway, um, maybe at the end we'll talk. I'll, I I got to wrap up here soon, but uh, we may get a, a little more depth on that whole uh, reaping and sowing and all that. Nevertheless, in the meantime, I did want to mention that uh, I'm excited about this podcast. Where we're, we're like just a couple I feel like when I release this episode we're going to go over the the tipping point of 10,000 downloads which is a heck of a start um I appreciate you guys Jessica okay we're leaving it okay okay Jessica's pressuring me now because we we have this thing that we're going to tonight (laughs) anyway uh 10,000 downloads we're, we're we're surpassing that pretty much as I speak right now uh, which is very exciting. It's a great way to start the decade. We could say, hey, I got 10,000 downloads in the 2010 decade. So over the last 10 years, which my podcast hadn't been going on that long, but hopefully we have tenfold that or more in the next decade. Um, and uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get some some friends on the podcast. Uh, I want to get my buddy OC Caleb, one of the funniest people I've ever seen live. Uh, I'm going to get him on early in the year. I'm going to get my friend George Sauls on here. He's an 85-year-old comedian that had open-heart surgery last year, and he actually has to do dialysis now. And uh, he's just a a good man, hilarious, and a reminder uh, of what's important, you know, doing what you love regardless of anything, right? And uh, I'm excited to have him on the here I'm, I'm i'm planning for that uh what else is going on as i wrap up here uh christmas was great the holidays were great i hope everyone had a good holiday season regardless of what you celebrate um did i mention that the swifts also showed up to one of my shows the mr and mrs swift and their daughter Catherine. i played football with their son mike swift so they showed up to one of my shows when i was in st louis it was awesome we had a great time going back and forth, having some banter on stage. Mike's getting married. Congratulations, Mike. Uh, a couple of my friends from Mizzou, the football team showed up. Um, Zach Coughlin and Stephen Blair showed up. They showed up in their Letterman jackets, so that was pretty fun. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool, and it, it's an inside joke with me and Blair. Hard to explain right now, but... He told me once that uh, don't wear your letter, don't wear your Letterman jacket to the bars or you're a douche, right? And then the joke is he showed up to my show, both of them wearing Letterman jackets. <laughs> it's hard to explain because he, I was self-conscious about it one night. I didn't want to seem like I was like bragging. We went out a long time ago when we were in college, and I was wearing my Letterman jacket. And I was like, dude, is it is it weird if I'm wearing my Letterman jacket or is that kind of douchey? And he's like, dude, take off that stupid jacket. You know, that is being douchey. So I, I put the jacket away, and then he made fun of me for listening to his advice. You know, saying, dude, don't listen to me. <laughs> and then uh, we always joke about that, and they showed up with the Letterman jackets. So that was pretty fun. 
Uh, is there anything else going on in my world? You already got a taste of what's going on with Jessica, this creature that I live with. She's pressuring me to get off the freaking podcast and get ready for this uh, event that we're going to. So I got to wrap up, you know. <laughs> Even though she's not my girlfriend, I still feel like I got to listen to what she says because I don't want to create an imbalance of the feng shui of our household. So definitely unique stuff we got going on here. Uh, God works in mysterious ways, and he's put her in my life for for a reason, and I reckon vice versa. So uh, I got to see my buddy Jimmy last night. That was amazing. Uh, he's a dad now. Reminds me of that comedy special that Mike Birbiglia put out there. He's got a, a daughter. Uh, my highest, uh, my highest downloaded podcast uh, of the history of my downloads was uh, was the one of Jimmy's surprise wedding with him and Chloe. So. Uh, when he's able to ration off a few minutes of his time to see me, uh, I always appreciate that now because he's got such scarce time. Only have 15 minutes to get ready. I know, I know, 15 minutes to get ready. Thank you. So, um, you know, it's it's special when when Jimmy can give me his time, and uh, we had a great time last night. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think the last thing that I wanted to say before I wrap up is uh, I saw the. There's a, a movie called The Two Popes with um, Anthony Hopkins and then uh, another actor that plays Pope Francis. Uh, I recommend checking it out. It was cool. I, I enjoyed the philosophies. I thought it was uh, pretty cool to see their perspectives. Anthony Hopkins is always a great actor. Uh, the last time I saw him play anything associated with the Catholic Church was in his movie The Right, where he plays an exorcist. Um, so, you know, always, always interesting stuff. Um, I did this charity before I went to, before I went home. Every year I, I always say I want to do some, some community service and it's always hard to sit down, make the time for it and actually do it. And I actually finally, I found this charity that kind of spoke to me. It's called God's Love We Deliver. Uh, it was founded by Michael Kors, actually. You guys probably know Michael Kors. And his brand, uh, Jessica's singing or yelling at me. Okay, I, uh, I'm wrapping up. Thanks. Uh, so Michael Kors started this foundation, and they provide food to sick, sick people and people that are disenfranchised or having a tough time. Um, they they provide millions of meals a year. They're, you know, it's a nonprofit, uh, and they a lot of the a lot of this charity or this service runs on. The kindness of others, whether that's people sponsoring by by sending money to pay for meals, uh, and then some people have to do the preparation, community service, offering their time free of service, and and then also delivering. And I wanted to sign up. I went I went around for like an eight-hour shift and handed off some of these meals that had been prepared and customized for customized for these specific clients that are suffering from different types of diseases, whether it's HIV, AIDS, cancer muscular dystrophy whatever and we delivered in the Bronx and it was really eye-opening to see some of the poverty-stricken areas and some of the difficulties that some people uh, have to live through and some of the circumstances that people have you know it was really humbling and uh, a recalibration of the entire spectrum of you know humanity in some ways and 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 
I'm glad I did it, you know, not just because I got to see the smiles that some people had when I would drop off the food, but it's it's important for me and, and all of us to be aware of that spectrum, right? And to know that, you know, we have so much and really all that truly matters is, in my opinion, is, is the time that we're given, the health and the love that we're able to experience with our friends and family. Everything else fades and it will, you know, it will come to an end at some point here. God, Jessica, please stop. I'm in the middle of a podcast, okay? Jeez. For heaven's sakes, you know? Uh, anyway, um, way to end the podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's that. And, uh, yeah, I, my, my friends like my, my, my comedian friend George, who I'm going to have on, who has to do dialysis three times a week, several hours per session. It just It just makes you think, you know? It really does. It's a good, the holidays is a good time to reflect on some of these things, to re, just sit, Thanksgiving is a great holiday because the focus is thinking about what you're thankful for, that in spirit, that's what it should be about is uh, giving thanks, uh, giving thanks leads to happiness because you realize how much you have and if you have your health, not everyone does, if you have time, meaning you're still alive, uh, if you have any love in your life which is family you know the, the again those are the things those are the only things that matter you know so if you have those and everything else is gravy on top and uh, I have that thankfully I and uh, yeah all glory to God baby I'm gonna get out of here because Jessica's gonna have a heart attack if I don't but I appreciate you guys Let's make 2020 awesome. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Love you. Peace. Um, go grab the world by the horns. Pull it down. Put it in your freaking pocket, as Chris Farley would say from his Saturday Night Live sketch. Matt Foley, the motivational speaker. I'm out like a fat kid playing dodgeball. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny? <laughs> Guys, you know what I realized after I finished recording this podcast uh, last night, believe it or not, is that I never talked about football. I said, saving the best for last, I never talked about football. So for those of you that want to stick around for a couple minutes, I got a couple more talking points. I felt like I was in a rush to go hang out with Jessica and her friends. Oh my gosh, she's doing stuff in the background still. I can hear Alexa. I told her I'm doing a podcast and to keep it quiet, and yet she's out there ruffling around like a penguin. She's always waddling around in the apartment, you know, just waddling around, making messes, you know. But uh, we went out last night and met up with some of her friends, which are our friends, and uh, had a really great time, and somehow... I was pressured to have everybody back to the apartment, and I was not given the option because uh, I was asked in front of everybody, which is always nice and respectful. And, you know, just had about six people over, no big deal with no, you know, didn't didn't even have my apartment clean and ready to be presented. But that's what happens when you live with a chick and you're not in a relationship with her. <laughs>
But you know what? I care about her as a human. She cares about me. She, though we're not together, she wants to touch my penis. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> good times last night, good friends, um, you know. So, with that said, uh, though only about 30 seconds has passed for you guys, a whole night has passed for us. And, uh, and here we are on day two of the wild card playoffs. Yesterday, the Pats and the Titans played, and guess who won? The freaking Titans, son! So it just goes to show you that Tom Brady is mortal. Something that, guess what, I already knew that, okay? Yeah, you know? People are so, uh, so crazy. I don't even know what they're saying. Actually, I didn't watch much of the game. I did watch, I didn't watch any of the game also. So I didn't watch much of the game, and I also didn't watch any. I did watch a little bit of the Bills and the Titans, and the Texans, sorry, because we were out to dinner at that time. And uh, <clears throat> sat next to these lovely old people that just got done watching the movie Parasite. Never even heard of it, but apparently it was a weird movie according to them. Uh, and uh, the Buffalo Williams were playing the Houston Texans. The, the Williams were actually kicking some buttocks, and I thought that they were going to win. I thought they had it in the bag, and apparently the Texans came back and won. I don't know if this is the Texans' first playoff win in history. Somebody can Google that to find that out, right? I use the Score app. That's what ESPN uses to get its stabs. It's T-H-E. Jessica, I'm recording a podcast. Okay, well, please just, you know, keep it down. Thanks. All right. Anyway, yeah, so the, the Texans freaking won, and uh, great stuff. Yeah, I use ESPN's uh, preferred app, which is The Score. All one word. Tons of updates there. Pretty cool stuff. You can follow players. You can follow. There's this new uh, app now. I forget what it's called, but I know a couple people that you can be a commentator for a game, and people can join in. I think I might try that for certain games that I'm interested in or passionate about, maybe the Super Bowl, uh, you know, make a little comedy action, you know, maybe be funny or something. Um, so I might um, get on that. I wish I knew what it was called so I could tell you guys, but we'll talk about that in the future. Um, and right, uh, In fact, I'm going to write it down right now while we're talking. Yes, or I'm going to say uh, commentating thing. Commentating thing. So that'll register me to... Uh, later on look back and look into that if you guys want to tune in I might I might get involved anyway uh, today the Vikings are playing the Saints and the Eagles are playing the Seahawks one of those games is actually transpiring as we speak I think the score was three to three last time I checked interestingly enough by the time this probably hits your eardrums uh, the games will be over and we will have some victors that are moving forward to the divisional round which will be next Saturday and Sunday if I'm not mistaken another four games next weekend and then uh, the winner of those games go to the semifinals aka the NFC and AFC championship games the following week and then if I'm not mistaken We'll have a one-week break or basically a bye week before the Super Bowl. That's usually what they do, but I haven't looked at the schedule. There has been some years where they don't do the bye week and they go straight to the Super Bowl. So it all depends on the advertising dollars and all this stuff. But I heard Rihanna, or no, not Rihanna, Shakira is going to be with J-Lo, is it, for the halftime show this year at the Super Bowl? That's pretty cool. Did I ever tell you guys that when I was in college... I was starting to get some momentum in comedy while I was playing football, 
and there was a, a lady, I showed her my comedy, she was our landlord or something at the time, uh, I don't know the proper term, but when Chris Blackerby and I were living at Campus Lodge, is what the name of the apartment complex was, really nice place, super cool lady, and uh, I showed her some of my comedy, and I was like, I'm, I feel conflicted because, you know, comedy's going well, and I don't want it to interfere with football, blah, 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 you know, I... She goes, well, do you want to play in the Super Bowl someday, or do you want to be playing at the Super Bowl halftime show? Because from what I'm saying here, you have a much better shot of playing at the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, Mike, I wouldn't blow smoke up your ass, but you've got it. You have got it. From what I'm saying here, you have something special. You should be focusing on playing at the halftime show. So here I am 80 years later. Uh, still uh, no contract to perform at the halftime show of the Super Bowl. But you know what? Maybe someday. Maybe someday. We'll see. Time will tell, guys. Right? Maybe in this decade, maybe in this decade some big things will pop. You know, maybe some SNL action. You know, some movies. You know, maybe a Super Bowl halftime show. Right? Um, it's great to hear the background uh, water uh being splashed around in my sink as I do this podcast after I politely requested silence, but it is what it is. Uh, nevertheless, uh, anything else going on in football? I talked about episode 87, Ricky Prohl. He was a big uh, inspiration for me growing up because, uh, you know, he was a lot of people say, oh, white guys can't jump or uh, white guys can't play the skilled positions like wide receivers. Uh, Ricky Prohl was one of those guys. He was a great third down reliable fella who would get the job done, especially when it counted most. Uh, I remember a big NFC championship game and some big plays in the Super Bowl. Uh, Ricky Prohl, 87, coming through with the clutch, baby. Uh, he was a white receiver, and uh, I love all receivers equally, uh, but it was nice seeing. Uh, there There wasn't too many white receivers back in the back. Uh, there's more white receivers now than there was uh, probably in the last 20 years. There's more, there has been more white receivers in the last 10, 20 years than before that. Uh, look at Edelman doing well. Not that it matters. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, and by saying this on my podcast, I feel like someone's going to misinterpret this and go, What a racist! But that's not at all what I'm saying. Uh, in fact, we joked about it on the team. Um, so... Uh, with, you know, the different races we would joke about it, you know. So that's the thing is when you're close with your brothers, uh, race doesn't matter, and you can make jokes about race because you're close. And uh, I do believe that sports uh, brings people together of every type of background, whether it's different races, different belief systems. Uh, there's something about having a common goal and going to battle with your brothers that creates a bond that is like nothing uh, else out there, except probably uh, when you have uh, your brothers in the military, when you have to fight, you know, alongside them and, and re rely on one another, uh, everything kind of fades away. Uh, all the differences fade away. And that, that bond becomes galvanized, and it's like an electromagnet uh, that, that gets created for, it's a bond for life. And, and I, 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 I I humbly say not just life, but eternity, to be honest. <laughs> what you do today will echo in eternity. All right. Uh, the Giants are looking for a new coach. They fired their, their coach. Uh, an update with my 
training. I haven't had a chance to train for the last several weeks now once I rolled my ankle and I just haven't had the momentum. So I have lost a little bit of weight, unfortunately, um, but we'll see. Uh, am I going to make a push in 2020 to see if I can get a tryout for the Packers squad? Uh, time will tell. I don't know. I don't have the answer, but it doesn't look as promising as it did before I rolled my ankle. My ankle feels pretty good, so it's not that. It's just a matter of the training time that I've lost and how quickly could I get that that uh, explosiveness and muscle back. And I, I still had a ways to go even before I rolled my ankle, but um, I was talking to my friends back home. They said, do you, do you actually think that you could, is this even possible? And I was like, look, I, there's three parts to to this it's your physical strength your mental strength and your spiritual strength mental and spiritual couldn't be stronger physically you know I'm not where I would need to be uh you know to make the cut but I'm never going to be the one that limits myself to anything right the decision makers the the new coach that comes in or whatever scouts would vet me if I had if I even had that chance that they were would be willing to give me would be the ones to decide whether I physically could make make the cut uh, what I can say is the shape that I'm in right now and the shape that I was even a few weeks ago before I rolled my ankle is not where it needs to be physically yet. Um, so, you know, some things would need to take place in order to uh, get there. But I will never doubt. You put me in a game, you know, you put me, there's a, you know, once you're in, the sky's the limit on what can happen. You know what I mean? Uh, with anything. So never doubt yourself is what I'm trying to say. Uh, 49ers tearing it up. They have home field, home field advantage. They get to skip this divisional week. They are, uh, you know, they got, they're, they're in the right position. You know, couldn't be in a better position to try and go big this year. Uh, maybe they'll go and get Super Bowl, their sixth Super Bowl in franchise history. That would be uh, a heck of a deal there be a really big deal and it'd be uh interesting because this is like the first year that I publicly claimed to not disown the 49ers but um you know move on in some ways from my diehard love and passion nothing will ever take away the love and passion in my diehard uh, the diehard fan that I was to them for my entire life uh, up until recently, but I'm not going to be one of these sunshine bandwagon patriots that is just going to jump back on the bandwagon because they're successful this year. I'm obviously happy for them, uh, and nothing ever changes the, the, the years that I did love that team. Uh, but again, I do stand by it. I don't like what, what happened with uh, them firing Jim Harbaugh during the Colin Kaepernick era. I don't you know, I, I don't like that they moved away from Candlestick Park. You know, it, it just, uh, I feel like they kind of sold their soul in a way when they did that. Uh, and I just, uh, I just, I had a bad taste in my mouth. So, you know, prove me wrong. Niners, prove me wrong. Show me that you still got the soul. I mean, I still see that Jerry Rice is very actively involved. He's always wearing his bull rings. Oh, thanks, Alexa. Thanks for interrupting. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. I see that Jerry Rice is always flossing his bull rings and, you know, at games, you know, in San Francisco. So, you know, I see Joe Montana tweeting about stuff with the Niners and all these things. So, 
I think Joe Montana is predicting a uh, Niners um, versus Chiefs Super Bowl. His two favorite teams, obviously the two teams he played for. So you know, I mean, I, I still see that they're they're they do have some some active engagement from their icons and heroes that made them everything that they were, uh, which I which I like. So that you know, some of the soul is intact, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Um, all right, so that's really the the update on on football right now uh oh well the bowl games i don't know if you guys have been watching the bowl games alexa when is the national championship for college football what the college football playoff championship between the Gatorade crimson and one ranked lsu football on january 13th 2020 at 8 p.m on espn okay so um january 13th 2020 here uh clemson versus was it lsu that's when the national championship uh, is going to be. So, you know, we're, I guess that's probably next weekend. That's a big deal, right? Um, I haven't really watched much uh, of the College Bowl stuff. You guys know how, how I felt. Missouri hired a new football coach, uh, Eli or Elijah, something from the East Coast, some smaller, uh, small time. Uh, school and conference he, he's shown that he's done well the last couple seasons and uh i have nothing against him personally i i just don't like uh the missouri athletics for firing barry odom so this new guy i i don't know you know i i i i, I can't even i have no negative things to say toward him and and aside from in the press conference he misspoke uh, about the conference that he's trying to win you know he <laughs> uh but whatever you know we're all human. I, I don't know. I love Coach Odom. He went to the Arkansas. Arkansas hired him. He's good friends with uh, the head coach there, and he hired him to be part of his staff. And Odom's a great guy. You know, he's the John Snow of Missouri football, and uh, Missouri did him wrong. So I just uh, I don't really have. But maybe it's a good thing for me so that I can move on with my life. You know, I feel like in a way. Maybe it's healthy for me. Kind of like to, to move on from the Niners, you know, just, just holding on to stuff forever. There's certain things to hold on to and certain things to, to let go of, you know. And, uh, I, you know, after they let go of Odom, I, I just I don't feel that engaged or, or, or interested in Missouri football, you know. So my connection, my, my, my close connection to the team, you know, they, they, they fired him, you know, and... Uh, I just think it's it's you guys know how I feel about it. So uh, that's really the 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 deal there with uh, with football, and um, it's a new year, January first, uh, two thousand. On January first, it's a it's it's day one of the season for everybody, you know, in college and in, in high school. So you know, for for some, it starts the day that it ends, right? So in high school, the, the seasons are shorter in high school. And then it's a little bit longer in college, and then it, the longest seasons of all are, are NFL, right? They have the most games. So some of the teams are already getting ready, you know, like the Giants, obviously their season ended within the regular season. So right now they're, they're already focused on next season. Teams that are still playing are focused on trying to win the Super, trying to win the Super Bowl. Um, 
something that I meant to mention, and this is kind of cool, like going back and, and finishing the podcast after I recorded it. But one thing I wanted to talk about was about when I went in when I when I spoke of St- Star Wars Episode Nine. I wanted to I wanted to do a little humble brag real quick. Uh, when I first star when I first saw Episode Seven, I. Um, I made a prediction of how eight and nine would go down, and I have it time stamped. So I have it time stamped on one of my Instagram accounts, which you guys could actually see. Um, this was written before episode eight came out, and before episode nine, obviously, right? And I wrote down and time stamped this back in 2017. It said, "Note to self: Assuming Kylo and Ray aren't related, write a blog post about how if I were the writer of Star Wars." I would write him to fall in love with her, and that be what pulls him back to the light by episode 9. He's already completely invested in the dark side by having gone all in with his chips. However, love is still greater than him, regardless of his choices. I'd give it a nice little Phantom of the Opera ending where he allows that John actor to be with Rey before Kylo dies alongside the Dark Masters, maybe warding them off so that John and Rey can get away. So, I would say... If you guys don't want a spoiler, turn this off right now. You've already made it this far in the podcast, or skip. But uh, I'm pretty damn good. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree? I uh, I'm pretty awesome when it comes to writing because I basically wrote the outline for the entire episode eight and nine before uh, before seeing it. You know, the only part that I got wrong is that Ray didn't end up with John, and I don't know why Star Wars left us hanging with John having some secret to Ray, but maybe that was his secret is that he was attracted to her. Or maybe he knew that she was a Palpatine, I don't know. Either way, John and Ray didn't end up together. Um Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't predict that Ray would would love him back, you know. So Maybe I did predict that. Um uh, you know, because it goes hand in hand in a way. It's really interesting, though. I, uh... Yeah, you know, it was cool. I, I really liked how, um... Adam Driver's character, uh... Ben Solo was able to meet back up with his dad. And what's interesting is I watched Star Wars with my parents. Episode 7, maybe Episode 8, and then definitely Episode 9. But we went to the theaters... Saw those, saw episode seven and nine, so the beginning of the new trilogy, and then the last. And I remember, you know, it's weird—not weird, but when you're with your dad and you see a scene, a scene like that where Ben Solo did the unspeakable and something that is really unthinkable to his own dad. It, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was a very powerful and, and moving and sad and. You know, in some ways, I, I experienced anger toward him at the time. You know, I know it's just a movie, but it's just like. How could you do that to your to your dad? You know, the person that loves you most, the the person that would go to the ends of the earth to to save you. You know, how could you how could you do that? And it was just nice to to see it come back around in a in a heartwarming way that his dad still didn't give up on him even after he did the worst thing that he ever you could ever imagine. His dad was still there for him in the end, and um, <clears throat> I loved that. You know, that's that's what love is. You know, it's, um, you know, uh, this is where I recite uh, 
that Corinthians uh, verse about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love always perseveres. All right. Anyway, can I can I just end this by sharing one or two more things? <laughs> Sorry, this is lasting lasting forever. But uh, I got a really cool message from one of my friends right before Christmas, and I also wanted to say. Uh, okay, so I got I, I got a really cool unexpected message from one of my friends a couple of days before Christmas. Maybe it was Christmas Eve or the, a couple hours before Christmas Eve. But one of my friends sent me a picture of a screenshot or a screenshot of a piece of loose leaf paper that had hand, a handwritten note, whether you want to call it a journal entry or what. But my friend doesn't remember when he wrote this, but it was back in school uh, years ago. And, um, it really, it brought a tear to my eye, and it, sometimes you get something like this, and you just feel, com I, I, I hesitate, in a way, to, like, share this, because it feels like I'm bragging about something that's personal, I'm not putting his name on it, out of respect, even though he said I can, he, you know, he's like, this is how he felt, he's not ashamed or, or embarrassed in any way, he's, this is real for him, you know, which I think is even cooler, but I still, I still want to keep it anonymous, just because, I think it's, I don't know, maybe he'll change his mind. Who knows? I don't know, but, you know, what a cool message to receive. He said, friend number one, Mike Oldroyd, right? And then he wrote this down. There's no date on it, but uh, he said, Mike is my best friend. He's always there for me. Whenever I have a problem, Mike is here trying to cheer me up. He's the funniest guy I know. He's always cracking a joke. I think that the biggest thrill in his life is making people laugh. Mike also thinks for himself. He isn't in it for the popularity or girls. He doesn't care what people think of him. He has his own trends. That's why I like Mike. We need a lot more people like Mike in this world. Mike is an athlete, musician, comedian, and friend to me. Without Mike, our school wouldn't be the same. Anybody who has ever been with Mike and talked to him has changed. There is a little bit of Mike Oldroyd in everybody. Without Mike, I wouldn't be in the position I am in life right now. I wish I was like Mike Oldroyd. So, that was a really heartwarming uh, gift to receive. You know, it's something like that is unexpected. It's from the heart. And uh, I guess I share it because sometimes I forget to... It's a good reminder... Uh, we all need reminders from time to time of the positive things that we've done in our lives. And, and the positive, ultimately, is how we've affected others, um, you know, in my opinion. And uh, it's nice to be reminded of that. I think it's inspirational for myself to want to continue impacting people positively. Uh, and then for others, maybe, you know, and to be... We all need a nice reminder, I think, from time to time of... Someone said it recently, like, I'm here to remind you of who you are, you know, and the good thing, you know, all the good things you've done or, you know, your accomplishments, whatever, right? Sometimes we forget, we get so distracted by the next goal that we have that we forget about some of the, some of the good juicy stuff, you know? So, yeah, um, uh, I think the last thing that I, I wanted to say is uh, I saw this 
Did I, you, do you guys remember I said uh, laughter may boost immune function, pain tolerance, cardiovascular health, and memory? It's the best medicine. I was thinking about that yesterday, and then I thought it was, this was clever. Maybe it's stupid, but my grandpa, my grandfather was a surgeon, very proud. You know, he's the biggest boss that I've seen thus far. He put himself through medical school. Him and and my grandma were team. You know, they they were teammates, and they. Helped him get through medical school during the Great Depression. He actually went to medical school in Chicago, Rush Medical College. Back during the Great Depression, they, you know, there was a lot of suffering. You know, my, my grandpa had to sell his blood at times to just get by with the finances. She was very supportive, helped him, you know, with, with so many of the things needed to help get him through, you know, that tough time. And he, he prevailed. They prevailed. Uh, and he was able to become a you know, big time doctor, you know, he was a surgeon, he did all kinds of surgeries before, you know, um, there was a specialist for everything, you know, he's so multi, multi, so versatile with the types of surgeries that he would perform. My dad witnessed uh, several surgeries that my grandfather performed. And I've always looked up to my grandpa, you know, he's no longer with us. It was the first time I had to deal with, uh, loss or or death was when my grandfather passed away it's the only football game that I've ever missed I was you know to go to his funeral I was eight years old at the time only football game I've ever missed in my life and um yeah he uh you know I just I think to myself you know you know my grandfather was a surgeon and I'm a comedian so together we're like patch Adam Sandler I see me there whoo so you know Laughter's the best medicine, and we're a pretty good team there. My grandma wanted me to be a doctor on the other side of the family, and I, I was planning on it. I wanted to be a doctor, uh, you know, to fulfill my grandfather's uh, footsteps and or to follow in his footsteps, I guess you could say. I know my grandma was really excited. And then I realized, you know, if laughter's the best medicine, I guess I could do better than that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, that's obviously a joke. Um, I have so much respect for my grandpa and what he, what he did, and uh, I think that, you know, yeah, the amount of respect I guess you could say uh, that's there is is unbelievable. So I'm gonna end the podcast here, but be motivated. Let's go get 2020, guys. Thanks for tuning in for the rest of this, and uh, hope you have a great week. God bless.